0: Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and
1: opinions, entertaining and informative. What is the latest? The latest is that I have inflamed the liberal establishment media. They are so upset. Oh, they're outraged. How could Greg Kelly have said? uh, What the hell did I say that made them so angry? Uh, Let's see here. I called Ben Shapiro. You know that guy. Super smart. Uh, Brainiac from California. He's uh, graduated Harvard Law School when he was like 12. Uh, Big-time conservative uh, podcaster. uh, Shows up at college campuses and shuts down the entire university because he's so controversial. He's not controversial in my book. He just speaks the truth. Anyway, I said he's one of the great leaders of the black conservative movement. And I showed a picture of him last night with uh, Ben Carson, uh, Sheriff Clark. Uh, the late Herman Cain, you know the pizza guy, nine nine nine. These are fabulous individuals, are fabulous individuals. Herman Cain, rest in peace. Uh, they talked about some uncomfortable truths, or maybe they're just based, they're not uncomfortable to me. I don't think they should be uncomfortable to anybody, really. But uh, you say this stuff out loud in public, you might be. Well, they'll try to cancel you, but they can't cancel us. They can't cancel us. They can't say uh, it's somehow racist to say. You're better off graduating from high school than not graduating from high school. That's not racist, okay? Can't say it's racist if you say you're better off getting married and staying married than, say, having children out of wedlock. You do these three uh, simple things. Um, You will avoid a life of poverty. You will most likely never be incarcerated. Uh, You'll most likely be literate and employed and not a criminal and or a victim of a crime. Those simple things— Graduating from high school, uh, not having children out of wedlock, getting married, staying married. Hmm? Sound good? Sound like a pretty straightforward plan? It is. It is. But it makes some people feel uncomfortable. The woke left, because they don't like talking about personal responsibility. They like passing the buck. It's not your fault. It's uh, systemic racism in society. It's, 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 it's the fault of society. It's the fault of, uh, let's see here, Thomas Jefferson. That Constitution should have been written better uh, 250 years ago. All that's right, right. It's not you. It's uh, it's slave traders. Yeah, we, we can blame them on our, right. Uh, there's always something and someone to blame. For everybody, by the way, no matter what color you are. All right. There's always some external. Oh, if only I played football in college, I would have gotten this break when I didn't. Oh, if only I were two inches taller, uh, people would respect me more. Oh, if only I were good looking. Oh, if only I weren't fat. Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. If only I had the connections. Oh, if only I went to Harvard. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Enough with the excuses for everybody, but especially for the woke left. And they have been peddling this, these lies so long, and they've actually taken hold. It's not your fault. No. It's the fault of racist cops. Yeah. Oh, if only those cops weren't so racist. You shouldn't respect police officers. They, should, they have no authority off, over you. You should mouth off and object and film them and catch them making a mistake and sue and become rich. And then you can party with Al Sharpton and Ben Crump on a private jet. Anyway, I pointed out Ben Shapiro in this mix of conservatives that I like because he has had the boldness, the courage to walk into hostile environments, um, sometimes mixed race, and say some basic truths that don't want to be heard. Now, the only other person I can think of who talked like this for about eight seconds was Barack Obama. Oh, yeah, Barack Obama back in 2008. This is how he got people to fall in love with him. What did he say again? Too many fathers are MIA. Too many fathers are AWOL. Now, we know this is true in every community, but nowhere is it more so than in the African-American community. Absent fathers leads to increased incarceration rates, increased illiteracy increased criminality, all kinds of bad things come with absentee fathers. He's the one who said it. And you know who threatened him? Jesse Jackson. He said he wanted to cut off his nuts. Yeah, that's like an old-fashioned barbaric torture punishment. Jesse Jackson, oh yeah, that one who ran for president, shook down everybody. He said he wanted to cut off Barack Obama's testicles Because Barack Obama dare say that fathers in the African-American community, too many of them, are not living up to their responsibilities. Well, he doesn't say that anymore, does he? He's too busy walking on the beach. He's too busy counting his money, literally. He's all about him, so we can't count on him. Now, who's going to say this stuff? Um, Michelle? No. Kamala Harris? No. You know it's for a long time, you could say that the Earth was round. Did you know that? If you said the Earth was round, uh, the church wanted to burn you at the stake. Now, who were those guys? Galileo and Copernicus? Now, I, I always get them confused. Copernicus came up with a theory that the Earth revolved around the Sun, and it wasn't the other way around. and he was in such hot water for that for that theory. He didn't even dare publish it. He was scared for his life. Galileo invented a very fancy telescope and proved that, and they threw him in the dungeon. Nobody wanted to hear these basic truths that we all now accept. And I guess nobody wants to talk—nobody wants to have a real conversation about race and criminal justice in this country. They just want to have a phony baloney one that makes the left feel good and that keeps them in power— And keeps people where they are. Hmm. Hey, you know what's going on right now? A lot of Hispanics. They are so done with Joe Biden. This has gotten the attention of the liberal left. Don't be surprised if they come up with a George Floyd uh, Spanish style. All right? There's going to be something. There's going to be some movement to get Hispanics back on board. Because right now, Joe Biden is less popular with Hispanics than he is with white people. Can you it's it's I don't look at the world this way. I really don't, but I the politicos do and the pollsters do. And it's really happening and they're going to they're kind of panicking. There's a real shift going on right now. There's also a stunning lack of leadership. You know, Joe Biden for 2 years was talking about America must lead. America will be back. Oh, he's been saying that since he became president, too. America is back. But they asked me for how long. What does that mean, America is back? What does that mean? Now, America, for a long time, we were the leaders. We led. Uh, Sometimes you may not have liked the direction we led, but we led. Joe Biden is not leading. He is not. He is totally, totally uh, delegated all of it all of our previous leadership uh, responsibilities to nato the north atlantic treaty organization run by some norwegian guy we're going to we're going to let some norwegian guy run the world is that how it works now well joe biden can't hack it on the world stage we all know that he can't hack it he literally it's, it, he has to stay home he can't go over there and expose himself to the international media to the rigors of travel Uh, To that kind of scrutiny? No. He can do Easter egg rolls, but he can't go to Ukraine. And he's not going to go to Ukraine. Um, Boris Johnson, he can go to Ukraine. Why? Well, he's younger, he's more vibrant, he's smarter, and he's not compromised. Joe Biden went to Ukraine something like 14 times as vice president. Why? Why? Of all the countries he could have, uh, I guess, put... Within his portfolio, he chose Ukraine. Why? Could it have something to do with the fact that Ukraine is one of the most corrupt countries on Earth? Could it have had something to do with the fact that Hunter Biden wanted a job and got a job with Burisma, a very shady company in Ukraine? Hmm? Could it have had something to do with Hunter's interest in Eastern European women? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. I'm talking about prostitutes. It's all over his laptop. Can Joe Biden just go to Ukraine right now? Of course not. He's compromised. The former president who's alive and well and walking all over the country and giving interviews, Poroshenko. The question I want to ask him is, hey, you're the guy who fired the prosecutor, right? Yes, he'll tell me. Yes. (laughs) Why did you do that? Uh, Because Joe Biden asked me to. Okay, I knew that, but let me ask you this now, Mr. President. Why did you tape the conversation? (laughs) Yeah, Joe can't, Joe cannot put himself in those circumstances. He can't, he can't, he can't, he can't. So he's going to stay where he, well, was during the campaign, in the basement. Remember during the campaign, in the basement? You know, they say, uh, Donald Trump was, well, he was a lot of things, but he was a leader. He was a leader. You think NATO was uh, you think NATO was bossing Donald Trump around? No. Were they setting the agenda? No. Donald Trump was. And that's what leadership is all about, baby. And sometimes it's not pretty. Sometimes it's not elegant. But sometimes it's genius. And that precious swamp What does the precious swamp say oh you you can't you can't engage our anybody until we say it's okay you can only talk about these three these three authorized talking points um on your in the phone call with ukraine you can't go to north korea no we have not authorized that we have to have three years of pointless meetings that's what freaked them out about him we just went to ukraine it was pretty awesome Oh, I'm sorry. North Korea. North Korea. Far more sensitive. Remember, he actually walked into North Korea over the DMZ. It was great. It was fantastic. So uh, what else is going on? I am realizing that I don't think I can be a person who works out during the week. It's just too much. You know, I mean, who the hell can do it? You got to be Superman to get up at six in the morning and go running. Now, I think what I can do is do it four days a week. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Because i got to do something. I'm getting out of control here. I'm getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I'm moving less and less and less. Oh, pardon me. Um, mm. Baby Adam Kinzinger wants to be president of the United States. Hit it. Cut 27.
0: You know, you talk about the impact of that day. But you guys won. You guys held. You know, democracies are not defined by our bad days. We're defined by how we come back from bad bad days. How we take accountability for that.
1: Well, shouldn't he have been arrested for uh, perjury right then and there? Seriously, he should have been held in contempt of Congress right then and there. He told the Huffington Post that he looks forward to running against Donald Trump in a primary. This pissant, I mean, well, what a country. Baby Adam thinks he can run for president. Maybe he can. He'll do as well as Bill Weld. Remember him? Of course you don't. He ran. He opposed Donald Trump in the 2020 uh, Republican. uh, There was a Republican primary, and he got about um, 0.2% of the vote. Um, keep your eye on Adam Kinzinger. Also, keep your eye on this cop, Harry Dunn. Can you believe this guy is still a police officer? Harry Dunn carries a pistol and a badge, and he walks around Capitol Hill every day, and he was talking trash about Trump, Republicans, anybody he disagrees with pol- politically. And boy, oh boy, he, he disagrees with a lot of people politically. He's got a major chip on his shoulder. And you can be a cop with all kinds of political views, But keep them to yourself when you show up on national television and start making speeches. We have a problem. Cut 29.
2: I use an analogy to describe what I want as a hitman. If a hitman is hired and he kills somebody, the hitman goes to jail. But not only does the hitman go to jail, but the person who hired them does. There was an attack carried out on January 6th, and a hitman sent them. I want you to get to the bottom of
1: that. Why is it that nobody told him to shut the hell up? Why do we have so many double standards in this country? Hmm? When we come back, and why is there a big, fat double standard for our incompetent, lying mayor, Eric Adams, and on his watch, people are dying who would have been alive under a different mayor? I'll prove it to you. We'll be right back.
0: Greg Kelly. This is the Greg Kelly Show.
1: Uh, It's April 20th, April 20th, 420, 420, 22 for you potheads out there. Uh, 420 is, uh, I guess I don't have to tell you, but for everybody else who's uh, living their full life and not stoned, 420 is code for marijuana, for pot. You know, I don't know why they use it and they, they talk 420. You don't have to say, Hey, can I buy weed? No, you just say, Hey, you got some of that 420 and I, is that, is that like code or something? So people don't look, it's one of the stupid, um, cultural things, uh, weed culture things and I told you, I don't like weed. I don't like marijuana. I don't like it. I've tried it to, uh, Probably too many times. I would say five to six times in my entire life. and uh, But big intervals went by between usage. Once in high school, once in college. Uh... <laughs> I'm going to leave out some of the other instances. But I I really had a horrible experience each time. And it would take me like three years to get over it. Like, yeah, maybe I'll try it again. Everybody was saying, oh, you're not doing it right. Oh, no, 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 no. You you didn't do it right. Whatever. I guess I'll never do it right because I'm never doing it again. I had a psycho, uh, I had a breakdown. I mean, man, I thought I took LSD. I could not handle it. I just, oh, boy. And I urge nobody to ever try this stuff. It's funny, when I say this, uh, people get very upset, especially the pot smokers. Oh, my mother has glaucoma. Well, fine, if you get a, I mean, let's face it, we all know that's overdone. Anybody can get a prescription for this stuff now. uh, I have anxiety. Well, you're supposed to have anxiety. Anxiety helps you. It keeps you productive. It makes you get things done. Anxiety is there for a reason. You want to get rid of anxiety? Great. Get rid of all progress as well. Get rid of responsibility. People with no responsibilities have no anxiety. So there's a place for anxiety. There's no place for weed, in my opinion. But, man, if I say something negative or critical of pot, they go nuts. They go totally crazy, the pot smokers. They are so devout. Anyway, if you are – I got a little memo here. They would like me to invite anybody who smokes weed, who disagrees with me, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to hang up on you anyway. But if you want, you can call the station. Uh, The number is 555-5785. Did you get that? 5555. No, it's not our number. Remember that in the TV shows? All right. 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222. Hey, you know who smokes weed? Our last two mayors. Uh, De Blasio definitely and eric adams oh yeah eric adams is a big smoker big time big time um and you know all that time on weed he didn't he couldn't pay too much attention to his taxes and details and paperwork and living in the right state no 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 that's all that's just uh, oh well wow. what do you get all stressed out about man you hear that he's he's gonna what did he say about his taxes yesterday go ahead
3: hi mr mayor um up again with your taxes uh-huh. um you know mayors back to giuliani before him have released their taxes every year what is your general hesitation to release your taxes what do you think about no hesitation. You this?
2: we're gonna we're going to uh, release tax information no hesitation next
3: tax information does that mean your full
2: tax information we're going to release the tax information now re- remember i'm not required we know that right So let's be clear on that. So let's not give the impression that I'm required. I'm not required. But we release tax information.
1: Uh, You know, you're not required to smile on the job, but I see he smiles a lot. You're not required to make uh, campaign commercials, but I saw he made a lot of campaign commercials and a lot of promises and a lot of boasting. All right. Now, they wanted to impeach Donald Trump over the taxes. That's part of the case against Trump because he wouldn't release his taxes. There's a – I can have sympathy for a guy like Trump, very complex financial empire, and some dweeb like Adam Schiff won't have the ability to decipher it and will be – it will be misrepresented. But Eric has a pretty – should have a pretty simple financial picture. Here's the problem. You know about it, right? Did you know he had a homeless guy doing his taxes, or at least he blamed all the mistakes on one of his tax returns on a homeless guy? Why was a homeless guy giving him, uh, doing his taxes? He said, I wanted to give a guy down on his luck a chance. Remember when they looked at his apartment over there in, in, in Brooklyn when we all knew he lived in New Jersey? And he said, no, I live, in, I live here in Brooklyn. And we looked around his house and there was nothing there. I mean, nothing. He, he, could, he was clearly not living there. This guy is dirty. Oh, boy, is he dirty. And by the way, why is the reporter asking for permission and apologizing for asking the question, huh? They never apologized to Donald Trump. They never apologized to Rudy Giuliani. Hmm? Listen to this. Here, listen closely. The first voice you'll hear is the reporter. Go ahead one more time.
3: Hi, Mr. Mayor. Uh, I hate to bring this up again, but your taxes. Uh,
1: I hate to bring this up again. I hate to bring this up again. It's your job. Be right back.
0: You're listening to the Greg Kelly Show.
1: No, I hope it's not too late. If you're a woman thinking about plastic surgery, don't do it. Don't do it. You know if you really need it or not, and there are some issues I understand that people want to correct. But generally speaking, you don't need it. All right. Focus on diet and exercise. You'll look great. I happen to know somebody, prominent person, you may have heard of them as well. Totally beautiful, totally fine, but you know, we don't see ourselves the way the world does. Uh, I know that personally. I'll get to that in a second. But anyway, she's totally beautiful, and now she looks like a totally different person and looks like everybody else. Because you go to this plastic surgeon – I mean, there are some brilliant ones, but basically they all do the same face. They give you the same face. Here's an example of how i you don't see yourself the way the world does. So a while back, I saw a picture of myself, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. It was an old picture. It was like from the 90s. And I thought to myself, oye, oye, gosh, I don't look good in this picture. I'm probably at least 15 pa- Why am I so fat in this picture? Oh, damn. I'm just a little fatty. I could have been in better shape back then. What did I do? And then all of a sudden, I realize it's not me I'm looking at. It's my father, and it's 1966 or something like that. And all of a sudden, right before my eyes as I'm looking at it, it changes. It just shifts. And he suddenly, he looks like a slim man. He looks like the slim person I know my father to be and to have been. Yet when I thought it was me, I thought I was fat. Isn't that crazy? I think the word is transmorgify. It transmorgified right in front of my face. Uh, Speaking of faces and not being able to feel them, Tom is calling in to talk about marijuana. Hi, you're in Brooklyn. Good
4: morning, Craig.
1: Um, You sound like you're kind of,
4: you used to be? What's that?
1: You used to smoke?
4: I still do. Actually, I don't smoke, but uh, I'll explain. You vape? I, I usually agree. No, I I use edibles. Edibles. Yes, yes, sir.
1: Hmm.
4: I usually agree with most of your opinions, and I love the fact that you're a no BS guy. You know, I agree that it is easy to get a prescription for cannabis. Too easy at times. Uh, hmm. But anxiety, it's, it's true that anxiety is important for getting things done. But what about severe anxiety? You know, the doctors give you pills for that stuff, you know, to combat the issues. I tried that for a while, and uh, I found that it was very addictive, that stuff. You know, the uh, Xanaxes, the Atavans, whatever you want to call them. Um, so I, I turned to – a friend of mine told me to turn to uh, cannabis. I tried smoking for a while, but I have lung long So I, I started eating them, you know, using edibles, and it, it seems to help. And uh, Hey,
1: Tom, it, it, and look, it's it, it, it sounds like you made a prudent decision. You know, you didn't rush into it. Your issues with anxiety are genuine and you know above average, or you know, like you know. So if it works for you, but I'm glad you called. You you said that it is overprescribed, and uh, it's too easy to get a prescription. We agree on that. Hey, can I ask you though? Severe anxiety. I mean, are you sure it was severe? I mean, everybody gets real. I mean, it it it's bad when you're going through it. What was so severe about it? Seriously.
4: Well, it's it stems from PTSD mostly, and it's one of my symptoms of PTSD. PTSD from what? Um, childhood issues. Um, Abuse. Yeah. Uh, sexual abuse. And uh, I also was in the military. had some issues over in Iraq. And, uh, you know, it's just it's it's difficult. You know, I don't use it all. I mean, I use it as much as I have to. All
1: right. Listen, you know, a re- total respect. And the issues that you raise are genuine and serious. But let me just ask you this. Um, how did the anxiety manifest itself? Like, give me an example. Like, you know, before you had the treatment, what you're gripped by anxiety. Like, what, what what, happened? What, what? Were you not able to get out of bed? Did you, like, hide? What happened?
4: Well, it, some of it was um, mostly anger stuff. It was basically anger. And uh, it was something I'd been, get, get in trouble a lot, you know, get arrested for fighting. And um, I had some issues with my wife one day, and I was worried that I, she made a comment to my son and uh, called him stupid or something like that. And I grabbed him and I threw up against the door. And I realized that, you know, this is not a good, you know, this is not good. So I went to the doctors. They gave me Ativan, and I said, you know, this stuff is addictive, and I didn't like it. And my friend said, try, the, uh, try cannabis. So I was smoking for a little while. And I just found it a little, like you said, smells all over the place and didn't like it. But I, I realized that trying the edibles helped a little bit and actually helped a lot. That's why I went back to it. You know, I suffer from really bad nightmares. And uh, you know what intrusive thoughts are?
1: Uh, I mean, intrusive thoughts, uh, Ted, I mean, I, I mean, I can kind of figure it out. I know what intrusive and in thoughts are, but what does it mean? What, yeah. it, what technically, what does well, it mean?
4: When you, you know, you might be sitting there uh, on a bus and the smell comes to you and all of a sudden you, you start thinking about, uh, what happened to you as a child or what happened to you in Iraq. Oh, I get and that. You, Everybody
1: gets you, that a little you,
4: bit. Yeah, you, you ruminate about it. You can't like get it out of your mind. You know, I, I try, I also take ther. I also do therapy though. I mean, right. It's important. I mean, you're not going to go around and just say that. Uh, oh, I'm going to I'm going to use pot because it's it's going to help me. No, you have to you have to go for therapy and, and stuff. If you have things bothering you, if you have anxiety. One
1: more thing. Okay, Tom. How long have you been doing it? The edibles. How long?
4: Well, I just started the edibles uh, a couple, maybe two years ago, three years ago. All right. And, well, that's um, some time.
1: That's some time. Look, hey, man, if it's working for you, and it does sound like you know you've taken this very seriously, I'm not going to uh, fight it. I just or argue with you about it. I'm not. I respect you. But you know and I know and that there are just too many people running to edibles or running to uh, marijuana who don't need it, and they're getting hooked on it themselves, and I don't think we've thought about this deeply enough, and I don't think there are enough studies about it. Am I right?
4: There, there needs to be more studies about it. I will say it's not as addictive. I don't know how addictive it is. They, you know, For me, it's not that bad.
1: Do you get the but, munchies?
4: Uh, sometimes, yeah, a little bit. Not much.
1: All right, Tom. Hey man, thank you very much for your perspective. It works for Tom, and if it works for Tom, well, it works for Tom. I'm okay. I'm Tom. I'm glad you got it, but I still have reservations about it for everybody else. Like oh, no, I Okay, thanks buddy. Thanks buddy. I got to take two more. Let's see. Uh Joe is in Long Island somewhere. Hi, we're on Long Island.
3: Uh right now, uh I'm in Sayough. All
1: right. What's up about the weed?
3: Um I feel like it we could be bringing people over to the right if the right didn't focus on nonsensical nonsensical uh, issues like keeping marijuana legal at a federal level because it really doesn't do anything.
1: I don't think many people are focused on it, quite frankly. I don't. I mean, hell, it doesn't come up. I don't bring it up very often. I feel oh, like and- – I, I don't think it's a conservative issue. And By the way, there are a lot of conservatives and liber- are libertarians, and they, they don't think there should be any uh, restrictions when it comes to, to weed. So uh, – I don't know. I'm sorry. Am I, am I on the right side or the wrong side of this? I'm bringing it up too much, you say.
3: Well, I didn't say that. You specifically bring it up too much. I think your stance is, you know, it's it's your own stance, and, uh, you know, I respect it. Um, I don't think it's a, as much as a threat as other drugs like, you know, alcohol or tobacco. Um, I, I don't know why some conservatives, they dig their heels really deep into this issue as if if the federal government says it's okay— now, all of a sudden, everybody's going to go out and start smoking pot. You know, this happened back in, uh, I believe, it was the 2012 debates when Ron Paul was uh, debating. And uh, he said to the crowd, uh, you know, if I they criticized him because he wanted to legalize drugs. And then he said, uh, so if I legalize heroin tomorrow, everybody's going to go out and do heroin. And the crowd first laugh and then they clap because yeah what a ridiculous idea it ain't that
1: ridiculous man i mean look it's basically been legalized and more kids than ever before more people than ever before are smoking this stuff and we don't have a clue about the long-term ramifications we don't uh and i do think absolutely we legalize it there is an ounce uh, more than an ounce there's encouragement there it, it's just like when they started handing out condoms in high school quite frankly I, I really do think that they were promoting premarital sex.
3: Well oh, were kids were kids having sex already?
1: It's another personally, in high school, I was not. <laughs> okay. But <laughs> but if you handed me a condom, and the school nurse gave me a condom and I looked at uh who did I like back then? Uh I liked a lot oh boy, Liz Weidler, uh who was another girl? Pat Quinn I mean, and if they gave me a look, Pat, Patricia Quinn, she was amazing. If they looked at me, you know, we would have... Ugh, I'm telling you, man, there's a big-time encouragement factor. Thank you very much. Thank you, Joe. And, um, all right, I guess I'm not going to win that weed debate. People are very, very committed to their weed. I really do respect uh, those guys who called, though. Uh, other people just, they're irate with me when I mention it. Those guys were, uh, you know, they have their views, I have mine, and, and they made me think about a couple of things, especially the guy from Brooklyn, Tom. Good stuff, Tom. Good stuff. Um, ooh, shout out to Enrique Tarrio, the former head of the Proud Boys, not a white supremacist group. Not They're not bigots. They're politically incorrect, yes, but they have been lied and maligned, and, and this guy is sitting in jail, even though he hasn't hurt anybody or broken anything. Um, here's the fake news, lying about the Proud Boys. Cut 30.
5: The Proud Boys, a far-right, neo-fascist group with a reputation for inciting violence. And the Southern Poverty Law Center has labeled them a hate group. You might remember the Proud Boys as one faction of a white supremacist threat that the former president was asked to condemn in a debate. The Proud Boys are a hate group, right? And they're a symbol as well.
1: The Proud Boys are people who
3: consider them to be members of this group. Give voice to these misogynistic, Islamophobic, anti-Semitic, anti-immigrant views. They're a despicable group by pretty much anyone's
1: standards. Yeah, anyone's standard. Hell, I just, I polled all the girls who work with me at CNN and we said, oh, they're terrible. The New York Times told us they're terrible. We asked our friends on MSNBC and they said they're terrible. Well, did they ever talk to Enrique Tarrio, the Afro-Cuban head Of the Proud Boys, who's in jail right now, after prison, by the way, guess what he went to prison for? Burning a Black Lives Matter flag. During the summer of Black Lives Matter, he burned an American, I'm sorry, a Black Lives Matter flag. And they sent him to prison. If only he had burned an Israeli flag or an American flag, they would have looked the other way. They wouldn't even have arrested him. The ACLU would have joined forces. Nobody would have touched that guy. But a Black Lives Matter flag, it is so wildly and weirdly inconsistent how we treat people. We shouldn't be, we should have no regard for the ideology. And oh, by the way, let's pretend for a moment they're despicable, they're racist and all those things, which they are not, by the way. They are not. But you know what's a free country? If you want to be an idiot, you're allowed to be an idiot. You shouldn't be thrown in jail because you're an idiot. You shouldn't even be thrown in jail if you're way to the left woke or way to the right fascist unless you break the law. You can think whatever you want. This is still America. And I don't like racists, all right? I don't like them. I don't like white supremacists. There are four of them off in the woods somewhere having a good old time, and the moment they break the law, they should be arrested but throwing around the racist label as casually as they do. And listen to how casually they do it. This is some anchor I saw a while back, Yasmin, somebody or other, one of those talking heads, not even a talking head, one of those fill-in anchors on MSNBC. Uh, Listen to her take on the world. Cut 26, please. And it gets to the point of the systemic racism that exists in this country that permeates every social system that we have here every social system that we have here wow that's quite a statement huh systemic racism permeates every social system that we have here Yasmeen said that on msnbc i looked it up msnbc well, so she must she must be an expert on just about everything right she must have a phd she must have uh, really studied this stuff no you know what she did she worked for howard stern great guy but she worked on howard stern's show then she got a job on E, you know, the entertainment network E. She hung around CNN and now she's on MSNBC. But you talk like that because, well, that's very fashionable right now, right? Everybody talks like that, right? Just tell me how crummy America is. Mainstream media, please. Cut 25. We've seen with horrifying clarity the cost of systemic racism. You have a system it
6: is built on systemic racism, and we have to dismantle that system piece by piece. Racism
7: is systemic. It is structural. It is pervasive.
2: Racism in America is endemic. It is foundational.
7: America has a long
5: history of systemic racism.
0: The battle to achieve racial justice and
5: root out systemic racism in this country. There is systemic racism that must be weeded out. We've got to deal with the with the issues of systemic racism throughout our society.
7: We have been fighting systemic racism Man. in this country for 400 years. What a terrible
8: there
6: is place! Systematic or systemic racism through many. If not all, we got to get out of here. It
1: gets to the point of the systemic racism that exists in this country that permeates every
6: social system that we have. There she here. is. Let's be real that systemic racism is part of our American culture. It's yeah. embedded in every facet of I life, am getting the hell out. Systemic racism is just as American as apple pie. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Wow. Wow. What a chump I was for joining the Marine Corps for nine years, right? Such a systemically racist country. What the hell are they talking about? They're talking about like this is South Africa and it's 1985. Why do they want to believe the worst about America? Why? 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 You throw this system out so they can come up with a corrupt socialist system. That's what's going on here. Uh, They really know nothing. Each one of those people, by the way, uh, who just spoke. You heard Ayanna Pressley. You heard Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Beto O'Rourke. William Cohen, (laughs) uh, everybody—they all did three. They all have three things in common, actually. And if you do these three things, if people did them across the board, we—well—we'd have a much better country. They graduated from high school, they didn't have children out of wedlock, and they all got married and stay married for the most part. You do those three things, you won't have poverty. You'll cut crime radically. You will. You'll have a borderline utopia. And myths about systemic racism will be totally useless. Maureen is on the phone. She's up in Patterson. Where is that exactly? Hi. Hi, Greg. Hi. Where are you? Patterson, New York. Where is that?
7: I am in Patterson, New York, which is uh, in Putnam County.
1: Hmm. Okay. Fire away. What's up?
7: All right. Well, I've heard a lot of things that you've been saying since I've been on hold, but you know how you were saying in the beginning how everybody says, "Oh, well, if I had this, I would do that. I would have this. I would do that." It's the will of God, and people don't people don't get that.
1: It is the will of God uh, that we have what we have, right?
7: Yes, and you know these people. Oh, well, I didn't get this, and I didn't get that, but they don't. They probably don't believe in God, and and they don't get it. You know, I am a devout Catholic, and I. The Holy Spirit was with me all the time, and I just, uh, I don't know. It's so sad that the decline in religion has gone down. Um, Yeah, yep.
1: It is sad, but you know what's exciting? The opportunity to get closer to him, and it's available to each and every one of us at any given time. You know he takes care of us. He takes care of his children. He does, but... He wants to take even greater care of us. He wants us to get closer to him. Would you agree with me, Maureen?
3: Absolutely. And, and there's uh, a
1: way to do that. There is a way to do that. You can go to church. I, You know what? The Bible, reading the Bible, I think I've told you guys, started it for the first time in my life a couple of years ago. And the miracles, my goodness gracious, everywhere. And I needed a coach. I read the Charles Stanley Life Principles Bible. And Charles Stanley has lots of notes and little explainers in there that help me because some of the language, you know, can be mysterious and tricky. But it's great. There's no better thing. And he will take care of you, but he wants some things from us. It's not just – it's not party time, okay? He wants some things. He wants our trust. He wants our obedience. And it's an amazing, amazing ride. All right. Listen, Maureen, thank you for that. I got to go. I'll be back shortly. Bye-bye.
0: Greg Kelly. This is The Greg Kelly Show.
1: Oh, this just in. This just in. Uh, Let me see here. First ever order for federal prison to provide gender reassignment surgery to an inmate. Wow. Uh, Let's see here. From the Dallas Morning News, the federal prison system has been ordered to schedule what's believed to be the first gender-affirming surgery for a transgender inmate in its custody. A federal judge on Monday said the U.S. Bureau of Prisons must find a surgeon who can perform Christina Nicole Iliglias's. my goodness gracious, I've never seen this word, vaginoplasty. Vaginoplasty. Let me see if I can look this up. Yeah, I can. A vaginoplasty is plastic surgery performed to create Or repair a vagina. Okay. Uh, Must perform that vaginoplasty before her scheduled release in December. Iglesias, that's her name, Iglesias, a transgender woman serving a 20-year sentence for threatening the British government, has been fighting for years to receive the surgery while behind bars. Wait a second, the British government, what the hell is she doing here? Love feel. What the hell's going on? What's going on? I don't get it. What's going on? The federal prison system. Who the hell is this now? I'm sorry about this. I should have had this all straightened out. Christina Nicole Iglesias. Let me just copy and put that in my Google and find out what is going on here. Uh, What is she doing in this? uh, Okay, this has been going on for a while. She's been fighting and fighting and fighting, and now she finally got it. But who is she? Texas. Okay, she's in America. A federal judge recently ordered the U.S. Bureau of Prisons to discuss the inmate's surgery request by the end of January. All right, this is back a couple of months ago. She's currently housed in a Fort Worth prison. An inmate in North Texas prison could become the first ever to receive a fake vagina I'm filling in some, I'm I'm ad-libbing here. Christina Nicole Iglesias is 47 years old, 20 years, for threatening to use a weapon of mass destruction against the British government. Okay, I guess she was making prank phone calls to the U.K. from America. Who knows? She was transferred, blah, 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 blah. She had unsuccessfully requested that the Prisons Bureau approve her. Hey, do your time and then get out, and and then it's up to you. She's getting out pretty soon, I think. This is crazy stuff. You know what Bernie Kerrick told me? And Bernie Kerrick, the former police commissioner, of course, and the former corrections commissioner, he also ran a bunch of jails in New Jersey. He said, This is no problem. All you gotta do is create a transgender wing. And I'm like, wouldn't that cost a lot of money? He said, Not really. They could do that. You have men, you have women, and then you have your transgenders. Just put them in there and uh and that'll be that. Gender reassignment surgery. In jail? They do it in the military, which is another thing. I remember being outraged when I found out that they do breast augmentation in the military. They do. You can get your breasts done while you're in the military. I mean, like, don't we have more important things to do? By the way, I have thoughts on breast augmentation, if anybody wants to ask. Generally speaking, I think it's a bad idea. But then again, there are exceptions, and to each his own. Uh, this is uh, very, very unusual. Very unusual. Oh, do me a favor. Did you hear about the Syracuse cops who arrested the the kid for shoplifting? The video has gone ultra viral. I have put it on my Twitter at Gray Kelly USA. Do me a favor. Go ahead and find it. And uh, I want you can hear this guy just going crazy. And I can't play it for you right now because he's cursing his head off. This irate guy is complaining about this. I'm sorry, but juvenile delinquency is a thing. It happens. There have been children who have killed people. Are we supposed to just let them go? And they weren't taking this kid to the electric chair. They were taking him downtown. He was going to see his parents in 20 minutes. And there's a reason, oh, by the way, why grocery stores don't set up in some of these distressed neighborhoods. Too much shoplifting. Anyway, I support the cops in Syracuse and beyond. Be back soon.
0: Greg Kelly, the latest breaking news and opinions, entertaining and
1: informative. All right. Man, lying for Joe Biden is like muscle memory. It really does. It's automatic. He does it without thinking. He's been doing it for so long. He's been saying the same lies over and over again. Uh, very, very deceptive. Here he is. Uh, this has been part of his legend for a long time. I'm the poorest man in Congress. Some stupid survey said that in like 1978, and he's tried to own it ever since. Uh, let's see here. This is yesterday in New Hampshire. Cut 23, please.
0: I was listed. I was had the great pleasure of being listed as the poorest man in Congress for 36 years. I still hadn't making a hell of a lot more money than anybody else because I was getting a senator's salary. No kidding. I didn't think you should make money while you're in office. But
1: anyway, oh, what a what a decent man! I didn't think you should make money while you're in office, huh? Uh, Hunter and my brothers Frank and Jim—they can make all the money they want. But me, how the hell did he get to buy the DuPont mansion in Delaware? The DuPonts in Delaware—they kind of go together, right? He bought the DuPont mansion as a sitting United States senator on that, yeah, on that government salary. He moves into the biggest house in the entire state. What is up with that? How the hell did he pull that one off? I didn't think you should make money uh, on a government. What, what are they, how do they put it on? You know, his sister ran all of his campaigns. Valerie. She knows, <laughs> what does she know about state politics? Nothing. She knows her brother, Joe. All right. So Valerie runs all the campaigns. Why? To get her money, to get her cash. And by the way, um, getting reelected is not a, you know, it's not a big haul. It's a senator in a state the size of a county. I found that particularly galling yesterday, that he's still pushing that stuff. He's still telling the phony, fake stories he's always told that work well in some room in Wilmington. But you're on the national, you're on the international stage now. And we can all see what a phony, what a fraud. And now, even the lamestream media have caught on. You are compromised. There's a reason why you can't go to Ukraine right now. You can't be in a room with Poroshenko. You can't. No way. You will be called out. You will be caught. You will be caught. You know, he did boast out loud. To everybody at the Council of Foreign Relations, just a few blocks from here, actually, how he threatened the president of Ukraine with withholding billions of dollars in aid unless he fired the prosecutor. And that prosecutor was looking into Burisma and Burisma was employing his son, Hunter. This is not that complicated. It's not that convoluted. It, It gets confusing sometimes, you know, with the Russian names, this and that, and that's what they're banking on. All these political scandals are somewhat complicated. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, Watergate wasn't exactly slam dunk stuff. Who the hell's Jeb Magruder? All right, people who lived through U- Watergate had a tough time explaining what happened. Yeah, they knew about the break in. They knew about the committee to reelect, but it got pretty murky. Didn't matter. You had a honest press corps. You had. Uh, relatively honest Congress looking into these things, and it mattered. It counted. Now uh, they're counting on you being distracted, and we're helping because we are all distracted looking at Netflix. Actually, we're looking at Netflix less and less. Did you hear? Netflix is taking a major, major tumble. It's about time. Number one, Netflix stinks. You know, I was sick about two weeks ago. I spent half of my sickness, a day and a half, trying to find something on Netflix that I might watch. I couldn't find anything. Even the one thing I really liked, old Star Trek episodes were gone. And I'm talking about the good Star Trek, 1966 to 1969, one through three seasons, uh, originally had on NBC, you know, classic Star Trek, gone. What else do they have? They have a show now, What to Expect When Expecting or something like that. He's expecting. He's expecting. It's about a man who gives birth to a baby. All right. Hey, enough is enough. We're over it. Stop pushing it down our throats. Somebody somewhere is doing this for who the hell knows what reason. I think somebody is getting some sort of sexual pseudo pleasure from the whole thing. Is it George Soros? Is it the editor of the New York Times? Somebody is getting his or her or they, there, whatever gender pronoun you want to insert. They're getting jollies. They're getting their rocks off by talking about this stuff and doing it all the time. Transgender and children, and talking about vaginoplasty. Are you serious? Children, children. Let kids be kids. They got the rest of their lives to stress out about work and a mortgage and all that other stuff. Let them be kids. Trying to. Psh. It's not easy. You know what well, life is? It can be easy, but. You know, it's, it's tough enough growing up normally. And by normally, I mean growing up as a boy or a girl. If Very, very, very few genuine cases of gender dysphoria. But we've made it trendy. We've made it fun. We've made it cool. We've made it desirable to be LGBTQIA+. To the point that I feel excluded. I really do. I feel out of it. I feel... And maybe I now have a certain empathy for how gay people felt in, I don't know, 1980, 1950. Did they not feel welcome? And I'm sorry they felt that way, but you know what? I feel that way now, unwelcome. How the hell am I supposed to feel when I go by the Park Avenue church and it's got a rainbow flag on the front door? The front door. LGBTQIA plus whatever. I go in there. You know, I've got my own issues. I got my own things. I don't go in there front and center with it. I don't sit down. I, I, this is a crude analogy. It's not really crude, but it's a, I think it works. You know, let's say I like to play with train sets, model train sets, HO scale, locomotives, the caboose, all that stuff, right? Paper mache tunnels and mountains, little Howard Johnson's models. I like to play with that stuff. I like to go to Willis Hobby in Mineola and buy that stuff. Do I set up the train track in front of the uh, the church? You've got to accept the full me. Do I do 2 hours talking about my silly train fetish? No. Do I talk about it on television? No, because it's a niche subject of interest to very few people. Well, same goes for transgender. It's a niche subject of interest to very few people. But they're insisting that this become our national pasta our our, our national cause. This is it? The country that went to the moon is now uh, bathrooms for all, uh, pronouns as you pick. I don't know. I know I sound pretty angry and frustrated. I'm not. I actually love life. I really do. This is a great time to be alive. It's exciting. It's an interesting time. And you can put your ideas out there and you can test them. And see what people are saying. And you know what? I love my critics. I really do. And I'm not just saying, oh, I love them, you know, like in a passive-aggressive way. I mean, I love them. They are funny. They are insightful. They are smart. They are wrong, (laughs) in my opinion. But they're brilliant. They're so brilliant. Anyway, I love mixing it up. I really do. Uh, Although it's more important than just mixing it up. This is not just for the fun of it, all right? I can have fun with it, but there's more at stake. It is our survival. It is our way of life. Uh Do you convince enough people that this country is systemically racist? Do you trust anybody to change this system? I mean, we're going to have a constitutional convention. We're going to pack the Supreme Court. We're going to rearrange American government with this crew in Washington, D.C.? I don't think so. I don't think that would end very well. Hey, one other thing about Joe Biden. I told you um, I read one of his books, actually, two of his books. I skimmed it. There's a very bizarre moment where he sits down with Hunter, and Hunter and his father are talking, and Hunter is a little kid. And he tells the father, Joe, asks Hunter, Hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he says, I want to be important. What do you think Joe says? Does Joe say, now listen to me, Hunter, it doesn't work that way. You know, you got to focus on making a contribution and you got to develop a skill. And if that skill and contribution is recognized, well, maybe arguably you could be important. But just to be important, that's not how you shouldn't look at it that way. That's what a responsible father would have said. Uh, You know what Joe said? I know what you mean. (laughs) I know what you mean. That's all Joe's ever wanted to be. A big shot. A big shot. It's one thing when he was a big shot in Delaware. Didn't bother anybody else. Didn't really affect anybody else. But now it's affecting everybody. Uh, It is. Hey, do me a favor. I want to see what Bill has to say. He's in Lafayette. Is that in Pennsylvania? Where are you, Bill?
2: Yeah, Lafayette, New Jersey is about uh, eight miles north of Sparta, New Jersey, Lake Mohawk area.
1: All right. What's up?
2: Okay. And I agree with you, uh, what you just said about this um, out in the front, LGBTQ, whatever it is. I have seen churches that are flying flags, the rainbow, everything out. And you just, why don't you concentrate on Christ? That's the end of that thing. That's what it's all about. That's front and center. Jesus Christ.
1: I, I to say, yeah, agree, but keep going. Yeah.
2: Okay. I went to Woodstock. I'm an old guy. And when I was there, I got muddy, I got rained on, I loved the music, but I was totally straight the whole time. And my point is to uh, look at this whole marijuana legalization thing. Um, You know, nobody's talking about how detrimental it is, uh, lung cancer, uh, esophageal cancer, um, uh, lethargic behavior, Motivation is thrown out the window. You want to stay stoned. You were talking about anxiety before. You know, anxiety is a stimulating uh, emotion. And getting stoned all the time uh, will just wipe out a personality. And it is the total – you know, uh, one more thing. I know I'm talking all all over the place here. But the insurance auto industry, the coverage on your car policy will double – in premium because the risk factor has gone up in new jersey and there will be more people with driver inattention more accidents more claims more attorneys more money and it's going to be a nightmare within a year or two bill you're um, spot on
1: you're spot on about everything bill what do you do for a living are you retired or what do you do
2: i'm retired um I was an underwriter and a claims representative. Yeah, you sound students.
1: like it. You really, you, you know, you know your stuff. Bill, what was Woodstock like besides the drugs? What, um, or lack of drugs for you? What did you see? What bands did you see? Did you see Santana by any chance?
2: Santana was unbelievable. <laughs> really? Uh, Ten years after it was unbelievable. Joe Cocker was unbelievable. Jefferson Airplane. Um, oh, The Who. Um, uh, Sly and the Family Stone. Uh, It was a mess. It was humid. It was rainy. It was muddy. I was stepping over people and their uh, sleeping bags to get as close to the stage as possible. And the music just made it all worthwhile. And no one there really believed that we were making history. It was all about music. It was peaceful. It was uncomfortable. But looking back, um, it was Woodstock, and I was there.
1: Wow, good for you. Uh, I've seen pictures of it now, that farm that is still there. And, um, yeah, it's wild to think what happened there. You can see before and after pictures, you know, back then and what it looks like now. I should put one up on my Twitter. Hey, Bill, thanks for calling. Interesting stuff. Very interesting. And, uh, hey, one more. Missy has to say something about sexual education, or also known as sex ed. Hi,
7: No, you were talking about it last night, how they're telling these children that are in third and fourth and fifth grade about different things and, you know, their agenda. When I'm the same age as you, Greg, we never had that in school. We learned it later on, but they're teaching our babies, our babies. And I just hope to God that the parents really stand up to that because it's almost like they're brainwashing the youth to when like, we'll never get out of it because the children are learning it now, which is is not right. And these children are going to grow up and it's just going to be like, it's going to happen again and again. We're never going to get a hold of this.
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Tell me something about you, Missy, before we go.
7: Me? I'm your age. <laughs> I have a 25-year-old daughter who's going to be a nurse. And I take care of Mr. Dunn. You know Mr. Dunn be to you a couple of times he's doing good
1: oh that you're uh the guy you work with
7: yeah he yep he's doing great all right he sends his love
1: thank you my all my best to you guys and uh all that is great and uh oh i am out of time one more time and i have a very important text message i have to deal with i'll be right back
0: greg kelly This is The Greg Kelly Show.
1: Man, Johnny Depp is still testifying. He must really hate that Amber Heard. What did she do again? He alleges she falsely alleged that he was a spousal abuser. Smacked her around in the uh, the castle in France and then wrote about it and told People Magazine about it and did great harm to his reputation. He's on the stand right now wearing a gray suit and a black shirt again against my best advice. I don't think the black shirt works for people,
8: but, uh, let's listen. It, um, yeah, she kicked the bathroom door into my head and, uh, I was, I was completely taken aback by such a, 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 a corrosive, uh, corrosive, horrific move so I stood up and I believe I I stood up and I but but this at this point the door was open I stood up and I said I think I said
1: what happened he said what that's it hey there was something he was about to say something put it back on put it back on what do you got Uh oh it's thinking about it
8: oh well Clocked Probably. me in the jaw and uh, that was another shocker.
7: How so long she, after that did you start recording? Sorry? How long after that did you start recording that audio recording that we just heard?
8: That, that, that audio recording was about her uh, trying to make less of what had happened. In fact, trying to make less of what had happened by repeating some story to me that didn't make any sense, and it certainly didn't make any sense since I was there and I was the target. Um, So I wanted some confirmation from someone with some semblance of a, a, a mind that could, understand what was happening, I wanted Mr. McGivern to come up and I asked her to tell him what had just happened. Who? And her answer was essentially, I don't know what he's talking about, nothing happened, he's fine. And um, once again, uh, I told Mr. McGivern, time to uh, leave the premises. He's
1: wearing sunglasses
7: have, inside. i to show you now what's been marked as plaintiff's exhibit
5: 162.
1: Okay. I've had it with this. I can't deal with it. I don't know what's going on. Plaintiff exhibit 162. Watching a trial is actually very boring. It's nothing like television. Even when you have two movie stars sitting at the table, it's it's nothing like uh What's a good TV show? L.A. Law seems Perry Mason. What's another one? Uh, Hey, ever see The Verdict with Paul Newman? Now that is a great movie. Wow. Um, Yeah. Oh, he took off his glasses. Now he looks normal again. Amber Heard is doing the whole, look at me, I'm innocent. She's wearing white. She's wearing, she looks like, I don't know. And she countersued, right? She countersued for something. Oh, have you heard about libs of TikTok? Liberals of TikTok, these Nut job, fools, go on TikTok and say outrageous things, and they put it out for the world to see. Well, there's a conservative somewhere in the world. I don't want to say who she is, but we pretty much know who she is at this point. Thank you, Washington Post, because they outed her. But she would kind of look through all these TikTok videos, find a really stupid one, and say, hey, look at this one. This is pretty silly. And here's an example of one of the silly ones. Uh, Cut 20, if you don't mind. Let me be as clear as I possibly can. I am glad they shot Ashley Babbitt. I wish they'd shot more of those terrorists. And I hope the next time you people try and overthrow our government by force, they meet you with maximum force. Meet you with maximum force. Wow. Not a nice guy, right? He's glad that Ashley Babbitt was shot. Even if you don't agree with Ashley Babbitt or all that stuff, you're glad she was killed. Imagine if somebody went out there and said, I'm glad George Floyd was killed. That would be monstrous. And this is monstrous. So this woman sees these moments on TikTok, and she puts them out for the greater world to see. And everybody's upset with uh, the Washington Post for doing that, and rightly so. Hey, one more crazy liberal of TikTok, TikTok if you don't mind. Here's uh, somebody else, one of those gender-fluid types. Cut 21. So
5: my gender is this, what you see right now before you, and my gender is this. First thing when I wake up in the morning, my gender usually looks something like this. But by
1: the time I finish getting ready, my gender might fall somewhere in this vicinity. So he's changing wildly from queen to farmer back to queen to uh, you get the boy George kind of looks like boy George. And this person is highlighting these things, saying, hey, conservatives, look at this. And people are ridiculing it. That's okay. That happens. It's part of life. You don't want to get. Hey, there's a perfect way to avoid all criticism. Do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing. All right? So, uh, the Washington Post is in some hot water. They should be in hotter water after what they did. And the complete double standard. You're going to want to hear this. uh, She's a great big baby when she gets ridiculed online, but she ridicules other people online all day long. I'll be right back.
0: You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show.
1: You know, it's no big deal. It just came out in conversation that uh, I got Botox like three times in my life, maybe four. Uh, what the hell? I don't know. I'm on television five nights a week. People were telling me that uh, every time I uh, looked up, it, it, I, I just had this worried look on my in my brow, the wrinkles, and I, I, I saw it, and then I got self-conscious about it. Anyway, got Botox. Those wrinkles went away for a little while, and it just came up in conversation, and they're acting like... You know what they're acting like? They're acting like when Curtis Slewa found out that I worked at Bloomingdale's during college. Hey hey, oh, he's a, the Bloomy boy. He's working at Bloomies. Where do you, he just he busted my chops about that for 5 years. And now they're acting like I just came out as gender fluid because I got Botox once, twice, well, three times. And if you ever want to get Botox by the way, I suggest you uh if you go to Connecticut or Long Island, you can get it for cheaper than in New York City. No offense to your Botox technicians here in New York, but there are—it's less expensive outside the city. I don't do many of those metrosexual things, but uh, with the encouragement of my wife, I have—I have, uh, I have uh, dabbled. All right, so it's no big deal, and everyone's giving me a hard. Ooh, they're giving me the Curtis Sliwa treatment. I love Curtis, but man, he would not let up about you know working at Bloomie's. Like I was, you know, working at Tiffany or something like that in the crystal department and I was, ooh, like, you, 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 hoity, toity. uh." Uh, That was a tough job working at Bloomingdale's, by the way. I worked in men's sportswear during college. I was on my feet for six hours. It wasn't eight hours. It was a part-time job. It was six hours. And it was hard. By the way, I love people who work. And whatever you do, if you have a child or a college kid that you know or whatever, don't do the internship. Internships are silly. They are a waste of time. They are... I. How do I put this? You know, you don't want to spend your summer in an office. You know why? Because your dad knows somebody. And all the... And I can't... Number one, I don't like internships, and I don't like interns. Because generally speaking, with a few exceptions, they're spoiled brat kids. The sons and daughters of the politically connected... They're able to work for no money. I never worked for no money. I'm like, I I lost interest like that if there was not money involved. No way. I did have an internship for two days. I quit after the second day. I was like, I can't, you know, I I I, no, it's not for me. When do we get paid? Never? Okay. No, thank you. Um, So I worked at Bloomingdale's. I worked at the Food Basket. I worked at, uh, what else did I do? I had a paper route. I sharpened skis at a place called Snow House a ski shop in Hempstead. Uh, I, I uh, was a janitor at a bank, Emigrant savings bank for a summer. I ripped up uh, shredded old mortgages. Um, I feel like I had another job somewhere along the way. Uh, I worked at Saks Fifth Avenue after things. Uh, I went over there for Christmas one year. Uh, I had another janitorial job. Uh, I guess that's it. Oh, I worked in a travel agency for a little while. Uh, copying index cards. I had a, it just, stuff like that, but I had money. Unfortunately, I did not do that well at saving the money, but I do think it's very, it's very important to, um, I think working is better than just hanging out. Don't you? Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. Little bit of a Twitter glitch. Little bit of a Twitter glitch at Gray Kelly USA. Everything's under control. People are uh, not impressed with the Botox story. Well, screw them. Haven't you ever done anything like that, Steve? Steve's in Bradley Beach. Steve, be honest. You ever, uh, you ever get Botox or a manicure or a pedicure or anything like that?
2: No, actually, I,
6: I've never, I've never gotten any of. Them. My wife, sure plenty of them. But uh, you know, Greg, it's, it's, it's these days that no matter what topic that comes up in conversation doesn't make a difference what it is it's all bad it's, I, I can't imagine things going from so good to so bad so quickly
1: wait a second what's okay, bad what what's the problem
6: it was it was so fast to be honest with you my wife and i we go to church on sunday that's the only time we actually feel good when we leave church
1: uh yeah i i get it i get it i get it Ay, ay, ay. I
6: mean,
1: yeah, you tell have, me more.
6: You have, you have one of the biggest uh, medical breakthroughs the other day, which they didn't even – I don't even think they even put it in the paper. <sighs> Excuse me. Uh, retina replacement surgery. You know, gonna, it's going to be – people will be able to see who have never seen before. I mean, that's ground – that's groundbreaking. But have you heard the media talk about it? No. Have you seen it in the newspapers?
1: No. Well, so what? You know about it. You can go look at this stuff. You don't have to consume the media. You You don't have to look at MSNBC and all this crazy stuff. Hey, Jack Dorsey was right. Jack Dorsey, the guy who invented Twitter, he was right. The media, they're designed to pit people against each other. I do not do that on my program. I really don't. I love it. I have the freedom to not do those things. I don't have to wait on things that happen right now and try to make things seem worse than they are. I don't do that. I wouldn't do that. Context and perspective being two things that the media are not good at providing. Dude, you don't have to You don't have to ingest any of that nonsense, and, and it sounds like you don't. You're finding out other information, or uh, you're going to—what do you do? You don't have to do that, right?
6: No, I I know I don't have to, but let's say it's it's like you're inundated no matter where you go. You All know, right. <laughs> that's it. That's it.
1: All right. Well, I like it. I I think. Uh, Steve, wait a minute. Wait one one last thing. What do you mean you're inundated wherever you go?
6: No, no matter what you know, no matter what topic that you that, that that that's being brought up, it's 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 usually negative.
1: Well, you, you can be. Saying? You got to turn that frown upside down, pal. You can be a you can be a force for good. You say you leave church and you feel good. Well, guess what? Bring that with you. Bring it to every interaction you uh you experience. Bring that joy. Bring your example. Bring what you know to the table. Share it. Don't hold it back. Don't let the situation dictate your mood. You dictate the situation. You hear me? I'm serious.
6: Yeah. I hear you.
2: I
1: don't know. You kind of sound like you're blowing me off in a bit of way. You sound like you're pretty committed to sticking in that rut.
2: No, no, no. I
1: don't know, Steve. I think you should. I'm <laughs> di- <laughs> right. Hang in there, pal. Steve, thank you. And uh, uh, all right. So I tweeted a picture of He-Man and uh, uh, brother. This is kind of blowing up on me. Hey, the other thing that blew up on me, I told you earlier, I said that. Mr. Shapiro, Ben Shapiro, is one of the leaders, quite frankly, among black conservatives. And I know he's Jewish and he's white. But the thing about him, number one, he's brilliant. Number two, he's gone into hostile environments, mixed race environments sometimes. I'm not talking about just liberal campuses, but, you know, he's gone to forums where it's majority non-white. And he said, look, the black community has some cultural issues. It does. Number one, uh, it's considered a slur. If you're caught reading a book, they'll say you're acting white. Uh, let's see. It's considered not manly to graduate from high school by some. It's considered manly to father as many children as possible. Well, he's not afraid to point out these absurdities. And at one point, Barack Obama wasn't afraid to point them out either. But now he is. Right after Jesse Jackson threatened to cut his testicles off. He doesn't say it anymore. Uh, ben Shapiro does. Sheriff Clark does. Um Uh, Secretary Ben Carson does. The late, great Herman Cain did. And I know there are others, but those are the ones, uh, those are my favorites. And uh, I like them, and I've specifically heard those folks talk about those matters. And I think they're great. And yes, I think you can be a white person, conservative, and an ally to black conservatives. Absolutely. Even a leader among black conservatives. Absolutely. How many... How many pictures, how many poems, how many beautiful tributes have I read over the years about RFK, Robert F. Kennedy, and his special relationship with uh, African Americans, right? And he went up to Harlem once and stood on uh, the roof of a car, and oh my gosh, he's the best thing that ever happened. How about Bill Clinton, the so-called first black president? You see, you can be an ally to the black community if you're a liberal, if you are a white liberal, that's how you can be a leader among the black in the black community. But if you're a conservative and you're white, no, 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 no. And by the way, a lot of the conservatives will get angry at you as well. That's something we'll get to uh another time. In the meantime, it's 420 day, which I think is kind of silly. Hey, is this the day? I'm sorry, but was this the, is this the anniversary of the Oklahoma City bombing or was that April 15th? Remember Oklahoma City? Uh, the Murrah Building, that was in 1995. Timothy McVeigh and Nichols, they blew it up. I, I don't remember what their grievance was. They were crazy. I think right-wing extreme, whatever. They were just crazy. April 19th, yesterday. Let's see, that's 27 years ago yesterday. Nichols is still in jail. Timothy McVeigh was put to death in 2001. Uh, sentenced to uh, to death. And uh, you're not going to get any argument from me. Johnny Depp is still speaking. Gosh, this trial is supposed to last six weeks. What are they going to do when he's done testifying? Oh, he's being cross-examined now, right? I wouldn't mind hearing
8: the lawyer get nasty.
1: Let me just hear this.
8: Known them a very long time. Um, they were visibly, um, they were visibly shaken by what they'd witnessed. Jackson.
1: Again, if you can lay foundation if he saw them there or if this is something. Mr. They told Depp, them. did you
7: see any of these individuals shortly after you had this altercation with Ms. Hurd? No, that's not the that's not the proper
0: Were they did he see them they actually there?
5: If he didn't, if it was something they told him, then it's
7: hearsay. Mr. Depp, did you see any of your staff members at the house when you and Ms. Hurd had that altercation?
8: Once Ms. Hurd had stormed off um, I sort of sat there dazed and confused for a uh, few minutes, and then I walked around the house.
1: Oh, boy, this is too much. I, I, good I, luck to those jurors who have to listen to this stuff. This is the exciting part. It doesn't even seem that exciting, right? Right? Uh, Glenn is in Hillside. Hi, Glenn. How
6: you doing? Uh, for your edification is that the IRS has changed the uh, regulations and that uh, it's almost virtually impossible uh, to uh, not pay an intern. Uh, uh, It's uh, a little bit easier for nonprofit organizations, but for all intents and purposes, uh, you can't get away with uh, not paying an intern.
1: Uh, I think you can still get away with not paying an intern, and uh, you're not going to make any money. It's not about that. It's the same crew is going to get the internship. And the problem with the internship, and I do remember now what you're talking about, but the problem with the internship, the glamour internships, you know, at a TV station, at a radio station, at a magazine, you really can't do much of anything. You know, you just can sit around on your phone. And I just have found them, with some exceptions, to be spoiled brats. I don't like them. The sons and daughters of the privileged. And I'm like, go out and get a job in Baskin-Robbins. You'll learn a hell of a lot more. You'll probably make more money. And you got the rest of your life to sit around some office, you know what I mean, Glenn?
6: Well, you still get a running up against the i r s because the i r s uh, you know how they are they're very fastidious and uh, if uh, if they feel that you're taking advantage that uh, you know, that
1: you're no not- forget taking advantage. I get it all right, so you're getting minimum wage or a stipend or something like forget about that. let's say the pay is all on the up and up, and it's all documented at the end of the day you're still just a privileged kid in an office hanging around, and it's very hard to make a contribution, a worthy contribution in an office. Now, it's much easier, quite frankly, in the blue-collar sphere, you know what I mean, in the labor sphere, to make a contribution. You know, I can take that ice cream cone, I can put the ice cream in it, and I can give it to somebody, and I get their money. That's a real tangible service you're providing. It's not for, uh, you know, it's not a game. It's a real thing. It's a real world thing. McDonald's, Starbucks. I mean, those guys, too. Working uh, working uh, as a roofer. Stuff that you can see in the real world. I like those kinds of jobs. I don't like these kids who come in. You can learn. I'm telling you, you, you will learn less in an office about that industry You could actually observe it. You could actually consume the content at home and learn more. That's how I feel, Glenn. Thank you very much. Uh, One other. Oh, wait. Who's been on hold? Phil's been on hold for a million years. What's up? Yo, did you put us on hold, Phil? He's all right. Too bad. Uh, Let's see. I wanted to play you. Can I hear Eric Adams one more time talking about taxes? Does this sound like a guy really committed to transparency? Does this sound like a guy who uh, said he was going to be available and accessible to all?
3: Hi, Mr. Mayor. Uh, I hate to bring this up again, but your taxes, Uh uh, you know, mayors back to Giuliani before him have released their taxes every year. What is your general hesitation to release your taxes? What do you think about it? We're
2: we're going to uh, release tax information. No hesitation. Next.
3: Tax information. Does that mean your
2: full return? Tax information. We're going to release the tax information. Now, remember, I'm not required. We know that, right? So let's be clear on that. So let's not give the impression that I'm required. I'm not required. But we release tax information.
1: Uh, you don't have to smile for TV commercials. You don't have to do a lot of things in life. This is one of the things. we got to find those clips where he promised to be transparent. Will it be transparent? He made all these promises because... They sounded good at the time. He doesn't know what to do. And America, uh, well, New York, you're figuring that out. America, too. This is not going to end well, I am sorry to say, but I'm hopeful that somehow we'll get a better mayor and very soon. Be right back.
0: Greg Kelly. You're listening to The Greg Kelly Show.
1: Hey, Johnny Depp took a tape recording of Amber Heard getting all mad at him and throwing stuff at him. Let me just see if if they're still playing that tape, please. One second. Very cold. What
7: did she say to you?
8: Not much. Not much. Except. Occasionally she would tear herself from... The conversation that she was in, just to lean towards me, I was I was sitting to uh, to her right, and I would get a, a quick earful of. I can't believe you! I can't believe you've done this to me on my birthday! I can't believe! Ooh. I'm so embarrassed, um, you know. Which I found odd because. I'd kept her informed all, all all day, and the last text that I'd received was a request for wine and marijuana. So when I got there and received that uh, attitude, I, what could I do? Um, so I just made the best best of it and talked to her friends and. Uh, because they were all her friends except for, I believe, Nurse Aaron. Wait a Aaron second. Now, who
1: a, wanted the wine and the marijuana? Did he want it or did she want it? She wanted it and did he bring it? To it. It's amazing. It's just, amazing. I, I, you know what? Think about this for a second. She's beautiful. He's rich and famous. And they're living in a castle in France and they're totally, totally miserable. Right? They have what so many of us think. We want, and they're miserable. It's all nothing without God. It really is nothing. It's nothing. How many times do we have to learn that lesson? How many rich and famous people do we know? Drink themselves to death, get stoned to death. Just, wow. Um, I feel a lot of compassion for them both, actually. I, I don't want to see anybody suffer, but this is, uh, this is, this is, it's pretty sad. All right. Some of you have been on hold. I do have to go to across the street to get the Newsmax show ready to go, but uh, let's go with Matt. He's been holding for a bit. He's in Connecticut. Matt, what's up,
5: Greg, my buddy? As an older runner, let me give you just two hints, big guy. You got to cross train. I heard you say earlier you're going to run four days in a row. Please don't do that. I know. I think you're like forty something. That's when I started running. I made these mistakes because always oh, a new exercise. You're really into it do spin, try to do a spin class or do a biking mix it up with running don't run more than once a week trust me on this don't run once more more than once a week no offense You'll but why a, should I trust you well I do because i' I've been do i'm 58 and I'm still running buddy I'm still once a week
1: races. once a week
5: and I had a once a week i run I listen to this I run once every two weeks
1: how tall are you how tall are you
5: five ten I'm 165
1: wow good for you i uh
5: yeah no. but, you got to cross train I, I just
1: What does cross train mean again?
5: Do other exercise. Do the bike. Do um do like uh there's other things you can learn to do at the gym to for aerobic activity. No, listen, that-
1: you're right. You're right cuz right now quite frankly i'm doing nothing. I mean i'm if i'm really honest with myself i'm doing nothing. So uh, maybe maybe you're on to something. You're cross train no more than once a week running hit the bike, right?
5: Here's the other thing. Do the biking. Go to a do, you and your wife. The great me and my wife did it. We loved it. Do a spin class. You do it after work. You do it whenever. Do it whenever. Do a spin class a couple mm-hmm. times a week. Greg, you and your wife will love it. Here's I tried that before.
1: Thing. I don't like the shouting and the standing up and the, you know, they they make it so spiritual and they want, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I – it's become like a big scene
5: classes where you get somebody to playing rock and roll or you just do do what you do vary the resistance on a bike yourself do it for 30 minutes it'll save your knees and give you a great wind when you run number two and this is important you live wow. in the city I used to live the city do not run on the concrete you will kill your knees trust me on this run if you can in Central Park try to run on a soft surface preferably the glass uh, the grass or run on a running trail that has some like granul- granulated stuff, you'll save your knees, bud. You'll save your knees. You'll be running to you're an old man if you do those two things.
1: All right. Hey, Matt, I appreciate it. I think you're right. I do. I do. I've heard a little bit of that before, but never expressed so succinctly or well. Thank you, Matt. Hey, one more. Alfred is in Yonkers. Alfred, welcome back. What's up?
4: Hi, Greg. Nice, nice to talk to you again. I, I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate you taking my call, but um, I want to say the legalization of marijuana is absurd. And it's just another attempt to decay society a little more, you know, and and make everybody stupid.
1: Uh, It does, right? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I think. All right. How are you doing, pal? How you been? I haven't heard from you in a while. Oh, I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm not not exercising as much as I... All right. We got to get on that. All right. You heard Matt in Connecticut. He even said... Quite frankly, even his voice had more energy than ours, you know he did he sounded all he sounded like he had it really together so let's uh let's concentrate on that all right we gotta right. we gotta do something Alfred thank you sir. Thank you Tracy. I gotta go Phil Harold Rachel and the rest. uh thank you. I will see you tonight on the newsmax program, which airs seven o'clock Eastern four o'clock Pacific. who the hell can figure out mountain. Uh, six o'clock central and I'll see you then. Bye-bye.
7: Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way.